1: All right, folks. Welcome back to the Las Wire Football Podcast. You're getting back-to-back podcasts. Uh, me and Raj did our playoff ranking uh, extravaganza. I called it, and this on Navy Podcast as well. But now I'm talking to Matt. <laughs> I'm sorry
0: pop- that I missed out on that.
1: You were, wait, wait. It's Matt Kennedy, were Oh, you can listen, but it, weren't you? Didn't you start the Twitter kind of chatting with that guy? I did. I finished it. I think I beat him to a pulp. You know why?
0: I I would agree
1: because two things really quick don't have two losses like you mentioned i mentioned a million times if you heard the other podcast i apologize apologize if i'm repeating we're technically like 10 minutes apart as recording real time second half was um if your defense is the committee doesn't follow their own rules why you're not ranked i think something's wrong with your team you can't blame the system to say the system's not working in your favor and then not being your favor so whatever let's get to our games here right we good to yeah, go. Let's do that, let's boys. Do that. We don't need to worry. I talked about that enough. I eventually Matt muted the guy. Finally, I'm like, I'm done with you. So if you don't see those mentions, that's cool. Boise State at Colorado State, 1:30 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, we did have two coach firings. We'll get to Matt, as you know. Um, it just uh, it comes in threes. Mike Bobo getting canned if they can't hang with Boise State or keep it reasonably close.
0: That's a very good question. I've seen pretty compelling arguments both ways. You know, when taking into consideration the financials, when taking into consideration the, you know, the injury luck that the Rams have had this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, when it comes to this game and, and this opponent, yeah, it feels like we, I wish we had a chance to talk about this earlier. This weekend, we finally get to talk about weather too.
1: Finally, jeez. Because, so, as, you
0: know, as everybody knows, I'm sure, um, things are going to get nasty weather-wise across the country. Is it a winter vortex officially? Is that, is that what it's being called? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I remember hearing something about a cold front coming down from Alaska, which is going to slap California in the next couple of days. We're reporting yeah. on Tuesday night on the 26th of November. But uh, it seems like it's going to affect huge parts of the western United States. And uh, Friday's forecast for Collins Chance of snow after eleven a.m. mixing with rain after one p.m. One thirty. Forty, degree, 40 <laughs> degrees.
1: You know to make this better, if it's a night game in that same conditions run the way, because it'd be an ice rink. Oh no, <laughs>
0: that would be that would be horrible. <laughs>
1: it'd be horribly and
0: awesome at the same time, right? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to. I feel like you have to talk about that before you start talking about the potential mismatches in this game, because the one thing that could kind of make or break this game fairly early in my opinion is at least over the last couple of weeks you know we've been talking about you know can colorado state turn the corner can they prove it against tougher competition uh and they lost to air force and they lost to wyoming and a huge part of that has been their failure to run the football exactly and i don't know if it's just that they miss marvin kinsey or if it's just stiffer competition because, of course, Air Force and Wyoming are two of the best teams in the conference when it comes to defending the run. Um, Boise State's not far off either. But I think, yeah, and that's exactly the point. And it kind of, you know, it, it doesn't adjust for sacks or anything like that. But when they are averaging under a yard and a half per carry over the last two weeks, that's not a typo <laughs> 1.5 yards per carry.
1: They are putting a lot onto Patrick O'Brien's arm. Yeah, and if it's cold, we saw the the Wyoming game. They couldn't get the passing game going well because it's cold. The ball can be like a rock; it's hard to catch when it's that mm-hmm. cold. It makes it just a little bit more difficult. Like in the running game, like you said, we thought it was fine. I know Marvin Kinsey's not on the team. They had the next guy up had a pretty good game here and there, but then it's kind of been downhill. If you get run versus Boise, I think they can run a touch better versus Boise State, but the secondary is better than what a little bit better than what Wyoming has, I think. A little bit, but. I don't know if O'Brien – he's going to need like a huge game and hopefully – and also sidestep Curtis Weaver.
0: Well, I mean – and I think that the same thing holds true for their ability to defend to the run too. And they've been a little bit about uh, – excuse me, a little bit better about that in the last couple of weeks. Like, you know, both Air Force and Wyoming ran the ball 50 times against them.
1: <laughs>
0: but – You could make a case that they held up about as well as you could have expected because they held the Falcons to about four and a half yards per carry and they held the Cowboys under four yards per carry. So, you know, when you look at the performance that, for instance, you know, George Holani had last week against against Utah State, you know, maybe you could make a case, especially if if guys like Manny Jones and Ellison Hubbard ball out in this game if they can be disruptive, force, you know, whoever's under center, I'm assuming it's still going to be Jalen Henderson at this point. You know, if they can force them into more passing situations, they might have a chance to to make some noise. But, the, I mean, the way that Holani's been running recently, especially, that's another thing that's going to be easier said than done. It seems like in the trenches, Boise State's got the advantage on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, they do. Like, if you look at talent, like, for position, it's like, What's the the only position I would say Boise or CSU's better is wide receiver, and even then it's sort of close, sort of with some of the guys, like running game. Boise the way they've been playing quarterback, even even Jalen Henderson said not much difference there, maybe a, maybe maybe a push, but there's not an area where I say, okay Rams got this.
0: No, no definitely not. And I mean, so
1: ugh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long day I think for CSU.
0: Yeah, and I mean obviously Curtis Weaver's the the big name. Who you know he could terrorize Patrick O'Brien, and I don't think anybody would bat an eye. Nope. But I think it is worth remembering, especially as we come to the end of the year, that it it's not just one guy that's doing this. You know, one guy doesn't make you basically like a top twenty team in terms of stuff rate and oppos- sure. and uh, opportunity rate. Exactly. You know, you look at a guy like Chase Atada on the other side of the defensive line, for instance, who's got I think he has like nine tackles for loss.
1: K- you know, Kanila he has
0: eleven tackles mm-hmm. for loss. So, obviously, Weaver is the big name, but it's been a team effort that has really enabled Boise State to succeed on that front.
1: Yeah, you just can't stop one guy. It's like, okay, you try to stop Weaver, which isn't working. Somebody else will step up. It's like yeah. outside of sacks, like, it is Weaver and nobody else, really. Like Chase had taught us four, which is fine compared to his 13 and a half. And so he's getting the backfield, and everybody's getting the backfield, just depending who's getting the sack or not. But like you can't just, uh, it's not like some defense, okay, we'll double, triple one guy. And hope somebody else doesn't beat us, but if you double Weaver, you have other guys outside who can get to the TFL or get to QB or get to whoever's running the ball for the Rams. And so the offensive line for CSU needs to have possibly their best game, which is a tall task because they haven't been playing well running the ball the past couple weeks, and that's what they kind of need to do. The Rams could pass 50 times, but if it's cold, if it's snowy, if it's wet, that impacts everybody. Even though I hate that I'm saying well, the offense knows where they're going I'm like, well yeah, but you can still slip on a dime if you're trying to cut and do a curl rider in route and try or do a double move the ball's still hard, the ball's still wet the ground can be slippery it's like stuff can happen and the Rams could throw a bunch and be okay, but that's not going to get them to victory
0: well and and fairly or unfairly too I think another thing that the Rams really need in this game that has you know, tapered off a little bit is is Dante Wright. right yeah. Or, See, and, then, and this is not this is not to say that he's disappeared from the game plan entirely. Like he still has he still has at least three receptions in every single game this year, and you know five or more in like what I think four of the last six or something like that. Um, you know, and he did make an impact in that game against Air Force, but he was he's been pretty quiet more often than not over the past month. Like in three of the last four games, he has fewer than thirty receiving yards. So I think if they can. Find that explosive element that they had in the early parts of conference play and in non-conference play. You know that's going to be huge. Obviously, Boise State's got a got a tough defense and not a lot of speed on that side of the ball, but like we've seen that game-breaking ability and what that can that what that dimension can do for the Rams, but we just haven't seen it as much recently.
1: So basically, this let's kind of go back to Boise State. I so me and Raj talked about this on our the ranking show we did. Mm-hmm. Does Boise State need anybody like any particular player to play quarterback to either win or look impressive? Like are they fine with Fitzgerald and Henderson?
0: I mean, my answer is the same as it was last week. I don't really think it matters at
1: this point. Do you think it matters Because okay, we had this on the ranking, like, Because if it's close between Memphis and Cincy, because there are injuries taken into consideration. Like if would they want Bachmar to play say, hey, this seems really good to beat, say, Hawaii forty to ten or beat CSU convincingly, do you think that makes their case, or does it really matter? It's like, you can win your backup, you win.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, the ironic thing about that question is, if I'm not mistaken, their two largest margins of victory have been in the last two weeks with Henderson.
1: In New Mexico and Utah State?
0: Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Maybe and, you and it, wasn't, and, it and, and you know, Henderson saw the field a little bit in that big blowout win that they had against Hawaii in, yeah. back in mid-October as well. So I think if you're... If you're looking for anything, like you might want maybe a, a touch more success because he does have, what, six touchdowns against one interception in the last week, but he's still only completing, I think, uh, it's about 55% of his passes over the last two games. And it's not like they aren't asking him to do too much, but if you're looking for a difference between what he and uh, what what, ba- what both Bachmeyer and Chase Cord have done is, you know, Bachmeyer and Cord were a little more accurate so if he can, if he can, you know, you know, land one more, you know, 20 yard catch to John Hightower or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, I don't necessarily think they're going to need that to win comfortably in this game. But it certainly couldn't hurt, especially when you're looking forward to the championship game. And, you know, if Bachmeyer's is still not 100 percent, I think what you really want to use this game is kind of a proving ground or you know, really stretching out Henderson really opening up the playbook and seeing what he can do in preparation for the championship.
1: All right, so um, oh, here's a quick note too. I, I didn't re- I should have looked at this earlier. According to Boise State, all quarter, court all QBs are available. There you go. QBs are quote all available. Snow in the forecast. So if they're all available, what do you do?
0: Ha, huh. I mean, if it were me, like <laughs> So if I am absolutely certain that Bachmeyer is 100% healthy, I guess I would start Bachmeyer. But okay. I think that but I think that if Colorado State's front four especially gets off to a fast start, like if in, like I said at the beginning if Manny Jones and, mm-hmm. and Hubbard and Company can yeah, bring them down a couple times, get a few quarterback hits on, and especially in cold weather, where the conditions for throwing the football may not necessarily be ideal. I don't know exactly how windy it's going to be but you know in the snow or in the rain or maybe Slush. a combination of both you know i think if it doesn't look like it's working out as they might have imagined i wouldn't hesitate to have a quick hook whether it's for Cordor or for henderson
1: okay all right so this game we should mention friday afternoon oh, i think we mentioned that black friday so if you're out shopping well put on the cbs network app you'll, or you'll be done by then i guess if you do the super early spread do you ever do that matt go wake up super early to go buy crap? Not in a few years, uh, but I have done it in the past. Yes, you know what I did once last year. Super sneaky, worked amazing. So I always look because you never know, right? It's like mm-hmm. just we are sort of looking for a TV. Like, well, if there's a good deal. We can spend whatever, a couple hundred bucks. We're looking at like we're like, okay, TVs aren't ex- as expensive anymore to get a really good one. So we're looking around. I'm like, oh, Target has a pretty good deal. They listed deal. I don't know what if we got snuck in, like we our Target closed like 11 p.m. And so we got a pretty sweet deal, like whatever half off, I and like a two hundred dollars, like an eight hundred dollars TV. I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. We go there, like, a, like, hey, are these for sale? They're putting the display up to get ready for. This is Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so it's dished open late. I'm like, yeah, it's good to go. And like, it was an early Black—I don't know what it was—but we walk in Wednesday night, ten forty-five or whatever it may be, right before they closed. In and out in ten minutes, no rush, no line, no trampling. Don't have to wake up at four AM to go get your stuff, and I was good to go.
0: Yeah, that's the most sinister kind of Christmas creep, though to
1: run people over no 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 i'm saying to like be open
0: on thanksgiving and make retail workers
1: oh that's oh yeah especially yeah especially now where when i was like younger i was like okay five even like 5 a.m it's when it used to be just friday now i was like i was driving by a GameStop for whatever reason it was near my bank or something like they're open at 3 p.m on friday i'm like okay or thursday excuse me thursday i'm like <sighs> it's annoying you do it because people shop and so i guess but it sucks, right? If that's if you're in that position, I guess. Not the best. I don't, I don't envy those people. Be nice to those people, though, Yeah, if you're I, out there. Yeah, just be cool. They're, it's busy. If you have a question, just kind of take a step back and like, okay, I'll look for it myself. Not a big deal. Be patient. So let's get to Saturday. Wait, wait, wait. We got to give our production. Oh, jeez. Oh, what? It's not as boisty across the board? Okay, probably. so just, just ahead well, I mean it probably, it probably I got sidetracked by Black Friday. But
0: uh, you know, because we're recording on Tuesday though, Bill Connolly has not put out his SP plus projections just yet. Bill, so come on, uh, if it, you're not it. if you're not following him on Twitter at ESPN <laughs> underscore Bill C, you should be able to look those up uh, probably tomorrow, I would imagine. Uh, or Wednesday, right. Uh, but FEI is up and they favor the Broncos by twenty point
1: one. Whew What's your pick, then? What's the spread on this game? Um, the actual line here. Let me pull it back. was getting my pick. Um, 11 and a half? No, 13 and a half. Basically, two touchdowns. Honestly, I don't think
0: it matters. Um, Boise, State, <laughs> Boise State 42.
1: 42!
0: <laughs> Colorado State 21.
1: 42-21? It's going to
0: be a miserable day.
1: <laughs> All right. Boise 42. CSU 21. That's a, I just don't know if they'll score that many points, because if it's weather-wise and it's messy, they may not want to... Or may not get there because, you know, if the ball gets a little loop de loop in the rain or snow or whatever, I yeah. think I still think it'll be a lot of points. I'm going to go. This is going to be different than what I gave Raj for our Boise preview. So if it's different, sorry, deal with it. Boise State 35. I think CSU will get 17 points. All right, then. So it's like it's still fairly uh, convincing victory. All right, what do we got Saturday morning or Saturday, I guess, uh, uh, midday? First
0: game of the day. Uh, it is uh, 12 o'clock Mountain, 11 o'clock Pacific. Wyoming at Air Force on
1: Facebook. People are complaining it's on Facebook again.
0: Do we? Yeah, I to? mean, I, I guess I can't blame them.
1: Or can you? Why I, I you? mean, I don't know. I'm a cord cutter, so I don't mind. But I can, I can sympathize. Yeah, I guess let's just make sure no issues like last week happened, where I guess a handful of people were blocked out the Hawaii thing. But yeah, yeah, stadium. Don't do that. Yeah. So this is one of the better games of the weekend. Seven and four Wyoming, nine and two Air Force. Um, we saw Wyoming last week. Oh, we should mention Air Force, 11-point home favorites, which seems a bit high, I think. Touch high, in my my, my opinion. Uh, what we see in Wyoming, they have two quarterbacks, Levi Williams and, um, oh, shoot, uh, Vanderwall, yeah. I was going to say, sh- no, that's right. I was going to say, no, it's Chambers. It's not. It's Tyler Vanderwall. I think the way it worked last week, man, I think it looked fine playing both quarterbacks. I think they yeah. might do the same thing.
0: I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, especially since, you know, with with the division wrapped up in in Boise State's favor, there's not really a lot to play for here besides pride, um, and you know, in position maybe in the in the overall bowl picture, mm-hmm. um, you know, being the more desirable team one way or the other. Um, but you know, I think given Vanderwall struggles and throwing the football off and on, I really don't see what the harm is in giving another quarterback a shot. The problem is um we get to talk about weather with this game too because the forecast for saturday in colorado springs or at the air force academy in particular windy (laughs) have you seen this forecast though
1: no i just see the accuweather wind icon in 35 degrees what else do we got
0: so i always go to weather.gov uh in the forecast right now for saturday sunny with a high of 33 (laughs) west wind 10 to 15 miles an hour with gusts as high as 45 miles per hour good luck kicking good luck throwing the football hey the air Madden force doesn't matter hey there's not gonna be much for anyway. of these teams it doesn't matter <laughs> and but honestly like if it is windy as the forecast seems to suggest that it would be
1: mm-hmm.
0: it kind of remind it kind of reminds me of like do you remember that air force san diego state game from like three or four years ago yes in the driving so imagine like that game but with Massive wind instead of a driving rainstorm. No, um, that's kind of what I think this game could devolve into.
1: What are the odds of a negative punt because of the wind?
0: Ooh, <laughs> you know what? That's a really good question. I almost wonder if that would make t- both sides more willing to go for it on fourth downs.
1: I would love it. Like you got the. 40-mile-an-hour gust. you're at your 15-yard, 20-yard line, you're still going to go for it? Like, we don't trust a 35-yard field goal? <laughs> which
0: is which is interesting because when you look at what they have both done on fourth downs this year, when they have gambled, they have generally been more successful than not. Just, um, you know, Wyoming, I think, has been barely conservative. Like, the, the only team in the conference that has fewer fourth-down tries is Utah State. So they've only gone for it nine times on fourth down and they've converted five of them which is uh you know 55 percent. that's fifth in the conference so it's not too bad mm-hmm. and uh air force is kind of in that, z- that same vein that we've talked about in weeks past where you know they're more aggressive than not in, you know like a team like hawaii for instance they're number one in the conference 13 of 17 conversions on fourth down a 76 percent rate so i think if there is any situation where it is, you know, fourth and two, fourth and three. I would suggest even as far back as their own forty-yard line, they might be tempted to go for it and trust their defenses to you know stop the opposing running game if they can't make those you know first downs.
1: I may trust Air Force to go for it more often because their defense is a bit better than in CSU. So I could see. Well, that. not, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like
0: I, I, could see both teams oh, approaching yeah. those those kind of makeable situations in roughly the same way.
1: So let me ask you this. Be, I think that'll be a fun thing to watch because let's have a zero point game. That'd be fun. Go for it. No kicks. Just uh, imagine a kickoff going straight up and back to you. Could you do, is this a legal play, Matt? So say the win I, I know this is wacky, probably not going to happen. Let's just say the winds, you get the, the gust in your face and there's a score. You have, you have the tee kicking off. You got the guy holding it because the ball won't stand still. What, what? How would it work if you kick it high? It's like a first, you know, I do a frisbee the wrong angle. You shoot it. You yeah. Throw yeah. It. Could they recover that kick if it, as long as it goes ten yards, you kick it straight up? The wind kind of pulls it back, pulls it back, and somebody runs up and catches it. Why not? Come on, can we see some wackiness? I, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> if it goes ten but, yards, why not? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I just want to see some crazy kicks because that's always fun. Like some weird stuff happen. Um, let me get more serious here. I guess halfway serious. Apparently Colorado State Matt is treating this like a bowl game. It's gotta be one crappy bowl game to go to if that's windy and rainy and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when you're four and seven you gotta do it, right? Yeah. When you're um Oh no, I'm looking at the wrong one. Shoot, what am I doing here? I am you know what?
0: It's, you know what? You know the excuses for the everything. It's, a, it's a holiday weekend. It
1: is. I'm like, I don't know why I'm looking up. I know what I meant to do. i meant to go to Colorado Gazette for something. I went to Colorado and they go, it's a bowl game. I'm like, wait, bowl game.
0: You've you've got your mind on turkey and probably secretly on ham, and I and, forgive you. You know
1: what? I don't have my mind on It's ham.
0: I just that's what I just said though.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I honestly, I'm just going through. I'm like, oh, blah, blah, okay, yeah, kicking, punting, blah, blah, good defense, yeah, whatever. I don't know why I will get at CSU, so I I I'm not gonna edit this out because hey, I mess up sometimes, folks. That's but fair. I still think I still think you're we're correct on the your punting or not punting thing. But and, no, I whatever. This game. Let's get back to business here, Matt. Donald Hammond a third. We talked about last week for a moment. Is he the difference maker and why the Falcons will win this one? You
0: know what? Honestly, what I'm most interested in, I don't know if it's gonna be Hammond. I honestly don't know if you could point to one runner and say that they are going to be the difference just because
1: I'm talking about him going nine of 10 for 400 yards this time. <laughs> no, no, I don't think
0: that's going to happen this time. Um, because honestly, you're, I mean, you're talking about a matchup kind of like we talked about a minute ago with Boise state and Colorado state, where you're looking at one of the best defensive lines or just maybe one of the dep- you know, front sevens in the conference in, or in, in Wyoming, uh, if not the country versus one of the best offensive lines in the air force. Because, you know, you go down the line of some of the more advanced measures, like by pretty much every measure you can imagine uh, when it comes to running the football, Air Force is the top 10 unit. You know, they're third by line yards at over three per, you know, they're 10th by opportunity rate, which basically means they're getting to the second level more than half the time when they run the football. You know, they're converting short yardage situations, power success rate. 89% of the time which is third nationally and they almost never get pushed backwards they're second by stuff rate And when you look at those same measures on the defensive side of the ball Wyoming's basically in that same conversation almost across the board Like they're a tick behind when it comes to their own defensive stuff rate, but it's still 24% and that's 20th nationally so I think you know, I look at the guys who on the offensive line who maybe haven't gotten enough attention because I've been compiling the, uh, the pro football focus teams of the week for our all conference vote that we're going to have basically starting this coming weekend. And one of the guys whose names showed up more often than just about any other offensive lineman is uh, Parker Ferguson, the left tackle. So I'm very interested to see how he lines up, or you know, whether they choose to line him straight up with someone like Garrett crawl every single time whether they rotate crawl at Josiah Hall or even some of the other guys behind them on the depth chart, like someone like Solomon Bird, who he's had big performances. He's has six or seven tackles for loss, so he's shown an ability to be disruptive. I think, honestly, if anybody's going to be the key, it might be him to really kind of set the tone and you know create the holes for whoever
1: runs the ball to run through. So, okay, that makes sense because that's what they do. So, this game, we mentioned 11 point line. Over under is pretty low, 43. We got two quarterbacks playing for Wyoming, most likely. We even mentioned Xavier Donvalade, who's a 1,000 yard rusher. We'll see. It. We'll see he does it. Because if there's the wind, Wyoming just runs like they're not going to pass. Like we know they're not going to pass very much. I don't think
0: it's going to affect the game plan much, one way or the other. No, if
1: it's like, windy. Yeah, it's for, for unless they have like Hawaii or somebody who throws a lot, or Colorado State or somebody who throws like Nevada a bit, but. I think, okay, we got the advanced numbers here. Let me get to it. So it's 11 point in line. Let me ask you this, man. The FPI is out, obviously. Do, who do you think is favored in the, in the football power index? I would imagine Air Force. Would you like to guess by how much? Uh,
0: 14.
1: No, percentage. Sorry. I'm, I'm mixing the oh, percentage. Wise. The FPI. Uh, 85%. Oh, I think it's lower it's 77%. That wasn't too far off. I thought that was high, 77. I thought it'd be more like maybe 60, 40. Well, you know what, uh, FEI also favors Air Force pretty comfortably by fifteen point five. Oh, all right, my pick. I think it'll be sort of close. I think Wyoming will cover, but I'm going kind of lowish, scoring 28-18. i eighteen.
0: I'm gonna go a little bit lower than that.
1: <laughs> but
0: I but I also have Air Force winning. I'm gonna go twenty-four to fourteen.
1: That means you have Wyoming not Wyoming covering that that's seven points. Yes, twenty-four fourteen. That would give Air Force 10 wins. And guess who's right on 10 wins? This guy. Everybody, everybody. if that happened, everybody who said that's not the case, get out of here. I'm going to ride this one big if it's correct all year long. <laughs> People should listen to us. We're right sometimes. Except when I talk about Jalen Henderson. Apologies. There you go. I've already apologized twice, three times now. Now, with Raj and before. So, All right, yeah, we got Air Force winning. Okay, next game. We have UNLV Nevada. Did you notice, Matt? We Oh, we should mention Tony Sanchez fired. Mm-hmm. We'll coach this game. Did you know he was no notified before the San Jose State game? Really? Yeah, I saw on Twitter when um I think it was a guy from the Las Vegas Sun, like they have the tweets on the side on the bar, like they said he's notified Friday, which is weird. He didn't tell his team because they don't want to mess with game day and they end up winning, so there's that. But that is kind of odd to mention to tell you just before the second last game or third last game or yeah, second last game, you're fired, but then you're still coaching the final game. It's weird, but I get to move. Do you, like people were like here here's why for folks who don't know or never thought about it, the reason he's go like, oh, now instead of next week is because and I put on Twitter, I put in the article, we qu- quickly wrote up about it. You don't want to have a chance to beat your rival, then you could you could make the cases stick around. Mm. Because there's emotion involved in beating the rival. Like I remember when uh Utah basketball had Ray Jack Letty as their head coach. Didn't do a great job, did whatever he kinda of went downhill. They fired him before the BYU game. ended up beating BYU like pretty convincingly. Had he gone on to beat BYU in the season finale, people may have thought pressure to keep him around. Well, so that's mean, why you do it, I think.
0: I mean, you don't even have to look. You don't have to look any farther than UNLV last year, mm-hmm. where you could have had the same conversation going into the game against Nevada, and then they 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 won that game, right?
1: Um, let me see who owns the Fremont Cana. We should probably look it that beforehand, but.
0: Because I'm pretty we, sure UNLV won that game last
1: year. Was not it because they found the inscription inside or something? I think so. Let me double check on that. But it's the right move to do because I get it. They're going to a new stadium. They're going to. They have, we mentioned last week because we thought he could be gone. Um, they yes, they won last year, 34-29 at home. Okay. But like making the move, it's like it's the right time to do it because new you got new stadium. We have a good offensive talent coming in, and again, losing Barry Cotton was probably their biggest downfall. Because that clearly was an issue for offense for them. But I don't know who they'll bring in. Like, you have the list coming out. I've seen the one interesting thing myself is Jim Mora, which is kind of off the wall, but who knows? You got a good stadium, you got a good recruiting class, assuming they stick around. But we won't speculate who they're going to hire. That's maybe another show because this is Thanksgiving weekend. We know people are traveling and whatnot, so they don't need to spend a million hours on this. But it was a failed experiment bringing in the college, a high school coach. The upside, which our buddy Keith, um, who hasn't done a ton for us, he has a piece in the pipeline about what he did good and didn't do good. Fundraising did well because of connections. And so that will be, hopefully, you can look back in this and say, hey, because they brought Sanchez, they got the money, they got the football facility that led to another X, Y, and Z where they actually are a above average team in the Mountain West. So I think that's how it hopefully will play out for the Rebel fans out there. Yeah. So for the game, what do you got, Matt? What do you think the big thing is as Rebels are a seven-point road underdog?
0: I mean, honestly, I think it's kind of the same as a... And I think this mostly relates to how I've talked about Nevada over the last couple of weeks. It's kind of a strength-on-strength strength matchup. Can Nevada shut down the UNLV running game? Or are Charles Williams and Chad Magyar going to get the upper hand? Kind of like they did last week against San Jose State. They really set the tone and enabled Kenyon Oblad not to have to do too much to keep them in that game and win it. So that's kind of the crux that I look at because Nevada, you know, they, from, from week to week, when you look back over the entire season, they've been very, very hard to predict, but, uh, their run defense has definitely improved over the last couple of weeks after a little bit of mid season slump, I guess you could say, because, you know there was there was a stretch of three out of four games in the early in the first half of the Mountain West schedule where they were giving up over five yards carry, but since the New Mexico game a few weeks ago, you know their yards per carry allowed have dropped three straight weeks. You know they gave up 3.8 to the, to the Lobos, get under three to the Aztecs, almost two against Fresno State last week. So if they can at least hold on to most of those gains. You know, one of the things that UNLV is still shakiest at is being able to convert in more obvious passing situations. Yep. So I think that I think the game plan on defense is kind of the same as it always is: is you know, contain the running game, try and make the freshman quarterback make plays.
1: Yeah, and they've been like we see what you know UNLV's defense done the past couple weeks. They've been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like they shut down Hawaii to what was it twenty-one points, I think. They play yep. when they played. Uh, I'm trying to look really quick. Like past couple weeks, like San Jose State got the yardage on against them, they got the win. Like Hawaii was really good. Like they've been quietly decent. Like San Diego State, twenty points. CSU not great, thirty seven points. But like they've been doing well. The first of the State game is a little abnormality because it's all. It was turnovers and shortfields It Wasn't really the defense's fault for why they give up so many points because mm-hmm. you can get the ball at the 30 yard lines, like well, you're going to score more often than not or pick six. So I think the defense is a step forward, and that'll be the big thing here. Tawatua for Nevada, like can UNLV put him back to where he's been the past couple, well, basically the whole year of not a good running back. Like, well, and it,
0: one of the one of the things that's really aided them quite a bit in the last couple of weeks is you know they have 14 takeaways on the year. Um, but eight of those have come in the last two games against Hawaii and San Jose State
1: also should know a lot of teams that throw the ball
0: yeah exactly so, so I mean it's bit. it's one of those things that it's it's going to be really difficult to lean on that you know week in and week out especially since you know for all the ups and downs that Carson Strong has had this year he's been pretty good about avoiding a lot of obvious mistakes like you know nine interceptions seven or excuse me nine touchdowns seven interceptions But he's gotten at least a little better about that in conference play. You know, it's basically two to one in favor of touchdowns to interceptions at this point. And that, I think, is more than you could say of his freshman counterpart. You know, I think I may have mentioned this on last week's podcast, but, you know, in pressure situations, Oblad has really struggled in a way that strong hasn't. You know, whether it's throwing six fourth quarter interceptions or if you just look at what each of the quarterbacks has done on third downs, you know, Strong has been kind of iffy. You know, he's thrown the ball 68 times, and he only has, I think, 21 uh, first-down conversions. So it's it's not great, but when you compare that to what Oblad has done, uh, Oblad is basically converting under 20% of, of his third downs when he has to throw the ball. There's 12 of 63. 38% of his passes just total... With a passer rating of under seventy, so oh. he just hasn't been getting it done no matter the third down situation. So if if I'm Nevada, that's what I really want to get to is you know going back to the original point of shutting down the running game. That means putting Oblad in a situation where he has to make plays because he hasn't really shown that much of a capacity to do so.
1: Yeah, forcing him to third, second long, third along throw the ball. Yeah. So this game seven point line for Nevada. Um, what do you got?
0: Well, uh, FEI likes Nevada, but it's a pretty close one, though. Uh, they like the Wolfpack by 1.9. Really?
1: 1.9? That seems obviously close.
0: And I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, about Nevada's been very hard to predict on the whole. They have. Because, you know, you look at the losses that they've had where they've gotten blown out, and they've been they've benefited from a lot of very close wins as well. I think they're 4-0 now in games decided by one scorer.
1: What? So what's your score? You can give it to me.
0: But I think they're going to turn the cannon blue this year. Oh 50. So, yeah. So I'm going to take Nevada 24-20.
1: So a close one. Yes. So you, you're telling me you know that will score 20 points. Yes. As I say my scores, because I'm silly, silly I said that, I'm going to go 28-27 Nevada. You know why? Why is that? Here's what going to come down to. Sanchez wants to get a victory. Not much time left. Let's go for two to get the win. No overtime. There you go. I'm going very specific for this matchup. That's that's fair. And, hey, it could happen. Like, that amount of points, like, I could see both teams put up. That's not an absurd amount of points. And Nevada's offense well, has been pretty good.
0: One last wrinkle to keep in mind. Uh, Romeo Daubes, Nevada wide receiver, is listed at the top of the depth chart still. But his status is, so far as I know, still up in the air. Uh, because he hurt his shoulder coming down on a very athletic touchdown catch last week against Fresno State, so that's something to keep an eye on.
1: Is this game on AT and T as well?
0: Uh, this game is on AT and T Sports Net. Okay. So if you were in the footprint, you're going to want to look for that channel. If you are outside of it, uh, you will want to go to the stadium to, website. You'll, yeah, you'll want to head to either one of our previews, the UNLV or yeah. the Nevada one. We'll have the link. We'll, we'll hook
1: you up. Love that as well. So next game, we have it's a uh, two p.m. Mountain Time Utah State at New Mexico. Finally, Bob Davies let go. I don't mean to rejoice, like, Roger, I'm sorry that's the case, but it's a long time coming. Uh, Here's did, the thing about New Mexico. Does anybody want that job? <laughs>
0: Here's the thing about New Mexico. New Mexico is not the disaster that everybody thought it would be. It's not going to be an easy position to build out from. Because we, you know, we've talked about the JUCO gambit at least a couple times on the podcast. Yeah. That's going to put whoever ends up with the job kind of behind the eight ball right away, as far as you know, building out from that, For a building years. out from, un- from under that. So it's going to be a long-term build. But he was still a better. He was still a better head coach than Mike Loxley. Oh. miles better. And he hey,
1: was, Maryland fans, we tried to warn you. <laughs> and you know.
0: You obviously, you have to consider the off-field issues that he dealt with later yeah. in his tenure. Which you know, coach,
1: Ball? There's, both of them had those issues. No, no, I'm talking Sorry. about Davey. I know. I'm just... but,
0: yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, that's something that can't be ignored. Um, and, and Daniel Libet has done basically all the research, all the footwork as to what that is actually entailed. And obviously, this can going to be a lasting part of his legacy. But when it comes to on the field – you know, he, he provided proof of concept that, yes, New Mexico is a hard place to win, but you can win there. He thought outside the box. He did something that nobody else was doing. But then he, he went back the, inside the box. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's part of the problem. But, I mean, he made them a pain to play against for half a decade.
1: Upset Boise State on the blue turf as a 30-point-something underdog.
0: Which is more than you could have said for a lot of the last, what, 20, 30 years.
1: Rocky Long's best thing when he was head coach there was being authority in Utah side or BYU side and maybe winning eight games on their best year ever.
0: It is not an impossible job. I mean, you you want to look at an impossible job, you look down the road in New Mexico State.
1: Yeah, independent. Ugh, tough. You're out in the middle. It is
0: a place where the right hire can win. And that's what Davey proved.
1: So, We'll get into this really quick. The name out there, which is not a secret to any means, Arizona State defensive coordinator, Danny Gonzalez, really wants this job. Mm-hmm. Really wants this job. Is a defensive coach the right way to go?
0: I don't see why not.
1: Do they need to do – it's fine because Dave, Davey was a defensive coach, and Arizona State's been okay. Um, it's already right here, azcentral.com, at nine hours ago Tuesday, probably midday Tuesday – Danny Gonzalez suggests this can for UNLV and a Mexico drop. Yeah, I can see both. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather take if I'm him. I know he went to New Mexico, played there. I might lean UNLV, but if he's going to go to Mexico, it's like it's fine. Build a defense, do good things. He's made a defense standing a state with Rocky Long. So knows what he's doing. He'll probably chat with Rocky Long if he gets an interview for the job to see why or why not he should take it. Pros and cons to do his own research. Um, I think they just need to do what they did before: get off of the coach and do something unique. Like, if that's the way you win, like, it's like I remember when Ken Day was being considered for the BYU head coaching job. BYU fans were pissed if they brought the triple option to to Provo because, well, look at if you walk in Cougar Stadium or the where you see all the all Amer- AP All American or All American quarterbacks. Like, man, if you're a fan and your team wins, do you really care how they win? Like, if you're on the triple option, which you probably like more than other people, it's because we enjoy football more than some others. I I would guess to say. If your team ran a triple option and you're winning nine to ten games a year, would you be fine with that? Eight to ten games a year? On a consistent basis, all basically what Air Force has done where nine nine out of ten years are in a bowl game?
0: That's a difficult question for me to answer objectively. Why is that? Just because I really want a New Year's Bowl game from my team. I know. I, okay. I feel like what, and, I, and this is something that uh, Stephen Godfrey mentioned uh, on the podcast, They Play Nobody podcast, I think earlier this week.
1: When you listen to that one.
0: Have the, th- the thing about a triple option offense is that it gives you a pretty defined floor, but it also kind of gives you a defined ceiling as well. True. In a lot of respects.
1: That's why you don't see Air Force winning national titles, or Georgia Tech when they do it, or Navy. They're good every yeah. now and then, but they're good enough to get there. by this, they, yeah, you're right. But I'm like, if you, but let me put it this way: your team Fresno State have always has had pockets of really good success, mm-hmm. where you've been fairly close to that New York 6th position conference championships. But let's look and say, let's say your team that's like New Mexico, where you're you salivate for getting in seven wins and you throw a freaking parade. But then again, you have every. Once every four years, you're in a bowl game. Would you give up saying a pro? Like think of it that way. If you're if that was your program, like say Matt, your Fresno State team kept going one or two wins for more than just a, that blip. If they kept struggling, it's like all right, we're bringing in Kenny Matola, we're bringing in somebody from Georgia State or Georgia Southern or something to run a triple option, and you turn out to win six games, eight games, nine games for a consecutive amount of years, I think that would be fine because you need to do something special, and New Mexico is something different, which they've proven. And their offense wasn't the triple op- op- option. I'm just giving you that as an example because it's the most obvious one out there. Yeah. But if they can, same thing like look, look Urban Meyer did at Bowling Green in Utah, even took it to Florida. Look what Mike Leach does at Texas Tech and Washington State. Look what teams do when they run a different offense that's, the, that's outside of the norm. It doesn't have to be the triple option. Go to the run and shoot. Like they brought on those wide receivers, find a guy who can throw the ball. Promise high school kid. We'll throw your ball 50 times a game. We'll be five, five wide receivers. We'll go hurry up and you'll get 100 plays a game. Like, you got to do something that's just different. doesn't have to be option-based, but do something that's different that's not the norm. And you've seen, like, maybe even Mike Leeds, you could say there's a ceiling there for what he can do, but not with Urban Meyer. Like, he's won national titles running that type of offense. Talent mm-hmm. helps, but just do something that's different from the norm. And I think whether they bring offensive or defensive coach, offense has to be something that's not just a standard pro-style style set because you don't have the athletes to beat half the teams of the conference on a consistent basis, even if you're – with just this typical air quotes traditional scheme because you don't have the you won't have the athletes. Yeah. But as for the game, it's on Facebook, so good luck with that. Uh two p.m. local time. Utah State six and five. New Mexico two and six. Aggies love enough point favorite. Uh can we go back to saying Aggies, we don't know what they are. Are they just the eh, whatever team this year?
0: <laughs> I mean they've been very uneven, that's the thing. Yeah. Like they're they're kind of like I don't know, 120% of what Fresno State is this year.
1: <laughs> it's just, or, or
0: maybe like the, the the mirror image of what Fresno State has been this year, if you I, want to put it that way.
1: I can see that, yeah. Where they're like, oh, we sort of know what they are, but then they surprise you with, oh, wait, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, But you're playing New Mexico. like Utah State's going to a bowl game. Well, I guess they should because the bowl numbers are dwindling for the amount of ball eligible teams or spots. There's not many there, so six and six of us should be fine. Um, like what I want to see, like, you know what's going to happen? I can almost guarantee this. This game's 11.5 point line. I can see Jordan Love going like 20th, 20th, 30, 310 yards and three touchdowns. And then yeah, just
0: because, because if you're going to get right, you you can go Donald Hammond on this defense.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's like, and then people go, like, oh, he's the best quarterback. He's going to be better than Tua with this hip injury. Take him number five overall to the Dolphins or whatever. It's like, relax. He beat up on another bad team. I could definitely see that being the case, where it's like a forty-eight to ten win. Jordan Love goes crazy, and the defense has like maybe two, almost maybe like two defensive scores, or like they're plus three or something. I could easily see that happening because you're playing a bad New Mexico team, who again, coaches on his way out, and you're two and nine.
0: See, I look at the I look at the Aggies' defense, and I think to myself, are they going to eat? Or are they going to get pants again? Because <laughs> you, just, you just look at what they have done basically since the Air Force game. And the only really good performance they had was against Wyoming, mm-hmm. which is which is nobody's idea of like a, a well-rounded offense. Like they're, you know, like a very, you know, like a sledgehammer. You know what I mean? You know, they against Air Force, BYU, Fresno State, Boise State, They've given up well over six yards, darn near seven yards per play. And this is a New Mexico team, especially on offense now. No Amari Davis,
1: mm-hmm.
0: no Bryson Carroll. True. And now they're starting a new quarterback. Right. Trey Hall's Trey Hall's listed atop at the, the depth chart, so there's no Tabacatuyote. Who's the
1: backup then? Is it um on Jones? No, it's a rich, or it's a true freshman Connor Genell. Oh jeez, <laughs> oh man,
0: uh, okay. So we we might be approaching the season long quinterback. Yeah,
1: not the same, but it's I'll take not,
0: it. Not the same, but still counts. But oh,
1: definitely. You know, like we, we saw,
0: kind of what this New Mexico offense is like: explosive, yeah, not terribly efficient. Um,
1: yeah, yards, but not points, essentially.
0: But is Utah State going to play well enough to really exploit that? Like to, to limit the explosiveness.
1: Because should,
0: right? you know, I mean, you would think so. You, you know, you're hesitant, you
1: know, I can tell it in your voice.
0: Well, I'm not it's not that I'm hesitant. I just I I kind of just wanna see it. I wanna see the front four do a little bit more because you know, how often have we talked for instance, how long how often have we
1: talked about Tipigaliae this year? Not much.
0: What exactly has he done?
1: I... Take up space in the field. Put on his jersey properly. I don't know. Tie shoes one foot at a time. You
0: know what is someone? What are what are some of the role players like Justice T and Devin Anderson done so far? You know they just they need to show up against a New Mexico offensive line that is beatable. And I think until they can do that, there's like you know until they do that in the game, preferably earlier rather than later i think i can't help but having some pause because it's not like new mexico has the worst offensive line in the country like they're basically middle of the pack by every one of those advanced metrics i talked about earlier you know stuff rate power success rate line yards they're basically in the 60s right around average they're better at a- than average when it comes to protecting the quarterback you know, their sack rate is actually in the top 30 if you hmm. can believe that on interesting offense. And that isn't something that Utah State has necessarily done particularly well this year is rush the passer. Like their own t- sack rate on defense is just 5.7. That's 84th nationally. And I I mean, you can't explain it entirely away on David Woodward. No. They, they need to step up and make plays because if they can't, again, New Mexico is not a disaster. This is a team that can hang around.
1: I'll disagree because it, it, their team. running backs aren't there. Bryson those guys aren't there Amari Davis those guys neither are listed on the depth chart
0: I'm just saying I think there's a little bit of proven on both sides
1: oh I think so and I think when New Mexico playing all backups at their keep skill positions it's going to be easy but I for kinda, I kind of
0: almost wouldn't be surprised if New Mexico did move the ball a little bit against this defense because that's how poorly they played over the past month and change
1: mm. yeah it's like prove it to me so you know, yeah. Let's I'll I'll be more I won't be as lean as you, but I'll say a quarter's worth before Utah State figures it out. If they if it's less. if it's lasting more than a quarter of of excuse me, Lobo's moving the ball well, then there's issues. So this game, um I'm gonna just go well actually tell us what um FPI says or F E I says in this one, Matt.
0: So FEI likes Utah State uh by twelve.
1: That's that's all? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. It seems like what are cuz line's 11 and a half. What you, what's your, I see we're taking Utah State to win and cover. Ah, uh, I'll take Utah State to win. Oh, I don't know if they're going to cover. Oh my goodness. Why do you hate the Aggie so much, man?
0: <laughs> I'm going to say 35. Wait, what's the line again? 11 and, a half. 11 and a half. Okay, I'm going
1: to say change your score? 35-24. <laughs> 35-24. So just barely? Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's uh, okay. I'm going my blowout theory, forty-six, thirteen 13 Aggies. All right, then. I think they'll just uh, – it'll be one of the classic Jordan Love games from last year when they thought he was a really good quarterback. <laughs> like a really good quarterback. All mm-hmm. right, next game. Oh, also, I want to bring out one, two names real quick for the coaching search. Would, with um, the uncertainty of Clay Helton at USC – I'm not saying Clay Helton to Lobo's land. Sorry, don't get too excited. Would – um they want to bring Graham, – would Graham Harrell go to New Mexico? Bring that passing offense.
0: That would be interesting. I feel like they would have to shell out a lot of money for him, though.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I just love that name because I looked at Seth Luttrell. I'm like, if he turned down K-State, I think it was, he's not going to Mexico. But Graham Hell, that's it. It's, I, I, just a name out there. You never know. Especially if uh, – because I think USC will make a change. I think I don't think they should, but I think they might. Once they're officially eliminated from the Pac-12 title game, I think that's when they might make a move. And I don't think that's the name to keep an eye on because that would be a – Unique style of offense to help in Mexico because North Texas has been, they've had good success in the Sun Belt years in LC USA. And so he's kind of the reason North Texas was good. So if you want a unique offense that's not crazy, go with him. So
0: yeah, I got another North Texas name in mind, but you're going to have to wait for the article.
1: (sighs) Okay. Not Todd Dodge, right? No. They're not bringing the dodgeball to the Lobos? No, 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 no. (laughs) All right. Next game, non conference game. We got to hurry up here. We got three games left. BYU at San Diego State. Interesting game here. We got the CBS Sports Network, 6 p.m. Pacific. Cougars are a three-point road favorite. And apparently Rocky Long really doesn't want to play BYU ever again. Is he just a grumpy old old man now at this point? Does he need to get over himself from them leaving the conference?
0: I mean, Rocky Long's the only the only thing standing between BYU and a Mountain West sweep.
1: Ooh. <laughs> uh, so what do you think? Like BYU's kind of, We've seen BYU plenty of times this year. They've evolved quite a bit.
0: So, 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 tell us about BYU. Okay. We have, it's been a while since so we checked in on the Cougars.
1: We'll check in the Cougars. So, last time we saw them was a 28-25 victory over Boise State.
0: So, there's it that. Was that before or after they demolished Utah
1: State? Oh, so oh, that was that. Sorry, last time we saw them was Utah State demolishing. Sorry, I get the I get all the losses mixed up. BYU undefeated the, in the play. So forty-two fourteen. I I just wanted to put that game out of my mind. Um. So what we've seen is backup quarterbacks. But now they have Zach Wilson back healthy, so that's an upgrade over Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall played past couple weeks. One thing that's changed, which started if you watch BYU beforehand, I don't blame you if you haven't, because what's the real point? Unless you're a guy like me who kind of falls in because I need to for work. Um, They changed kind of their offensive scheme a little bit with new play calling from Aaron Roderick, their passing game coordinator. That's why I saw the trick plays versus Boise. I think back-to-back laterals against Utah State or Flea Flickers, which is so wild. Um, Their running backs are weird because everybody's getting hurt. Um, Defense is solid but not great. But I think the main difference is their offense has been better. Like they've been doing different type of play calling that's kind of opening things up a little bit. Like they're a bit more aggressive they are just running – they'll do some – not just a jet sweep like they've done throughout the year, but they do a lot of different things. And last week they beat UMass 56-24 to 24 and did not cover because it was a 42-point line. <laughs> it was wild. So
0: great, great teams covered. BYU is clearly not a
1: great 42-point. No! really could going to go that route when they're favored by that many points? Yes, I am. Um, as for the, who the running back is, Jackson McChesney had 228 last week. I think he tore his ACL in that game, I believe, if I'm correct. And it already has Tyson Williams. Um I think it's gonna be Lapina Katoa. Let me take a quick look. They lose a lot of running backs, which isn't helpful. I'm just double checking. Um yeah, it'll be him as the starting running back. He's okay. But the main thing too, they still don't have an elite receiving group. Like Leva Hifo's pretty good. Micah Simon's alright, but it's a team where they scored points, but here's the thing why it's hard to pinpoint how good they are. Which they have been better, but they've been beaten on like Liberty, UMass, Idaho State the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. This will be the best defense they faced, probably since Boise State. Which I think is fair I, to say. I mean that
0: that's cool and all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have it. I think this game is gonna come down to one
1: thing. Kickers.
0: No. <laughs> no. Actually. What is it? So yesterday, oh, what happened? Rocky Long said that Ryan Agnew was 50-50 to play. Oh,
1: State. I
0: missed that. Oh, boy. Yikes. <laughs> if Ryan Agnew doesn't play,
1: it's game over, San Diego State.
0: Is this offense just dead on arrival? Because it's not like it's been lighting the world on fire with him under center. You know, on a yards per play basis, they are dead last in the conference. And it's not like it's even perked up during conference play. They're dead last in Mountain West action, too. Just and and that's even by the more you know advanced metrics. You know you just look at SP plus for instance, and you know I I know that we've had some conversations throughout the season about you know why is San Diego State ranked so low by SP plus? Well, you know it's because you're still running like an elite defense. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying to look it up. You know there's so they're 63rd overall, so they're like right around the national average, right? So but they're 16th on defense Mm -hmm. by SP plus, 11th on special teams. And 126th on offense. <laughs> this offense
1: sucks. Yeah, the running game is not what it's been. Dwan Washington has been terrible. The Chase Chasman has not been good. They have not had good running games all year.
0: And And while I will readily admit that I was wrong about the entire season because I thought that the offense would be more of a hindrance than it actually was, mm-hmm. in the last few weeks, it has kind of started to look like that. And if Ryan Agnew doesn't play in this game – I am 100% certain that it will look like that.
1: I don't even know who their starting quarterback is. Who's their backup? Uh, that would be Carson Baker, redshirt freshman. So not, very little playing time. So is this the same thing like his calf injury? Yeah, that's right, left calf. Yeah. And he got it re-aggravated versus Hawaii. Um it must be a pretty bad bruise if, that, cause if you're not going to play because of that. It's got to be fairly serious. You would think so, yeah. Um, let's see. Apparently, Long says it will be determined by doctors in him whether he can play at a level good enough to protect himself and help us. you um, will have to fill it out the two-point conversion play, which was converted 14-11. So, yeah, Carson Baker, Jordan Brookshire. Baker is not – you said Baker's a starter? Well, Baker is listed as the backup on the depth chart.
0: Okay. I knew it was still listed as QB1.
1: Oh. Boy, Barker has not played a snap all season. Yeah. So yeah, I you think you're right. Hey, if the running game was what we thought it would be, or what it traditionally is, I don't think it would matter all that much. But it's pretty bad. Uh, but okay, Matt. I guess can you don't you don't think the defense is good enough to stop BYU to get to the victory then?
0: I mean, I think the defense is good enough to stop BYU, but uh, this offense scored 11 points against Hawaii <laughs> last week. <laughs> They scored 17 <laughs> against Fresno State. <laughs> they scored 20 against UNLV. <laughs> These are all facts.
1: Did they go two and one of those stretch though? Yes, that's
0: true. <laughs> Put it out there. Like... I'm. Just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like. <sighs> I feel like their good fortune in one score games and close games is, has turned on them recently, though, because they lost by four to Nevada. They lost by three to Hawaii. Uh, yeah,
1: I think I think the line's right. Because I think, here's the thing. With BYU not having played a really good defense for a while. And remember, they also, here's the thing, too. Like, they played, even with Zach Wilson, like, he played Liberty. Or no, they had the other guy, at Liberty. Like, they've had some close games, like, USF, Toledo. Like, they had some bad, close losses. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't expect this to be a blowout, especially with another running back getting hurt. They're already down two running backs. Filipina Katoa is not necessarily the third string. Jackson McChesney just had a huge game for playing freaking UMass. So, they have a decent running back. Like, maybe the play call will do it, but Rocky Long has a defensive known to kind of mix things up. And I think they could kind of keep it close. Like, if, if any team scores 28 points in this matchup, I'll be surprised. I don't think BYU will be able to points, and clearly San Diego State won't be able to put up a lot of points.
0: The over-under on this game? 40? 40 and a half.
1: Oh, I guess. four. Which is, which is
0: the lowest of the year for BYU. 40? Um, not for not for, not for San Diego State, though. They've been under 43 Wasn't
1: there like a 30 and a half or something? There was um, a
0: 36 and a half, a 38, and a 39 and a half. Uh... Just just smash that under all day long. If you've been t- if you've been taking San Diego State in the under you're all making, season long, you've been money. winning a lot of money. Also, I see think... because it's gone over exactly one time. <laughs> I think we mentioned this on last week's podcast.
1: I I yeah I think that, I think that this one I might take the over, but I wouldn't be confident in in it.
0: Um, the only thing I'm confident is in is that th- this game is not going to be for the faint of heart.
1: Yeah. I also there's this being at Qualcomm or whatever it's called now. And it's in San Diego. There'll be a decent amount of B- decent amount of BYU fans there as well.
0: That's that's SDCCU Stadium, oh, by the
1: way. Sorry, apologies. San San Diego County Credit Union. Yes, Aztec Stadium, whatever. Um, like, but the, you're right. Like, here's how I could. Here's a path for Aztecs to win. Defense needs to help them out quite a bit, which I think they can have success. But it, then it comes back. A running game has to be well. Like the running game has to be at least. I don't know, average. Like there has something that has to give like for this running game to have them win. Those are two ways, but I'm not super confident. I'm probably taking BYU to win this one.
0: So, uh, i mm-hmm likes the Cougars. Not by much though. It's two and a half, two and a half. What do you got? I got BYU. Okay. This is going to be an ugly game. How I'm uh... going to say <laughs> it's going to be very ugly. I'm going to say 17 to 12.
1: 12? <laughs> yes. 12. It's, it's going to be brutal, man. I'm I'm almost certain of that. So is that four field goals? Is that two Yes, field... that's, that's oh, been okay. four Matt Ariza field goals. <laughs> they had to be close because they missed a one versus Hawaii. 17 to 12? Okay, our buddy Brandon from Hawaii has 10 to 3 San Diego State winning. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> um, I'm going to be away to win. I'm going to be a to cover. Because it's BYU plus three on the road, I think it'll be like twenty one seventeen BYU. All right, then. which would I guess crushes my thing of maybe taking the over, but twenty one seventeen. Okay, it's so what seven p.m. Pacific, uh, CBS right? Six p.m. Pacific. Excuse me,
0: CBS Sports
1: Network. Network yes. All right, Fresno State at San Jose State. How did this game get ESPN two coverage? <laughs>
0: And they needed somebody to fill the time slot. I guess I, don't, I have no idea.
1: So neither team is going bowling because there's a chance. Last week they both lost. Hey, it's still a rival game. Valley Trophy on the line. Uh, but let's yeah. do this. <laughs> You're, you seem excited for this one. I'm, I'm not pretending. I, I, <laughs> pretending to be excited. Uh so you know we've talked about how bad I'll say the San Jose or Fresno State defense is. Yes. This is another 400 plus yard Josh Love game.
0: That would not surprise me in the least.
1: Will he get 450?
0: I would not say no. I mean, I, <laughs> I think I mentioned it on the last week's recap podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if we got the, Dale, the David Bales treatment in this oh, game. Oh,
1: man. What what did he get when that happened? It was that,
0: he went over 500 in that uh, game.
1: So he's going to go boomer icing on you? <laughs>
0: uh, I'm, I'm, that's within their own possibility. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that.
1: But you should know your Fresno State defense it does make plays occasionally. They just go lot of yards.
0: Yeah, I mean they've just they've taken a step back, and I think if you're looking at one potential area of, of where this game could flip, it's like yeah they've they've intercepted eleven passes, they've given up twenty touchdowns though, which is a huge step back from last year. They've also given up a sixty-one uh, excuse me a sixty-one percent completion percentage to opponents, which is a you know ten percent higher than it was last year, if you can believe that. Hmm. I think if you're looking for a glimmer of hope as a Bulldogs fan, you know, you really don't have to look any further than last week where we have seen Josh love be like on the money for long stretches, but we have also seen him be very erratic at certain times, you know, and I think the, the the second and the first half of last week's game against UNLV is the most recent evidence of that. So while he is definitely capable of, you know, creating big plays as you mentioned you know the secondary professional state has shown an ability to create opportunities for itself and it's not like they haven't been able to get their hands on footballs like the, you know in terms of passes broken up they're you know between that and the interceptions they're third in the conference and so they trail only San Diego State and Hawaii on that metric so maybe if they can force turnovers they can give themselves a shot because you know, San Jose State still definitely has some glaring issues on defense of its own. But you know, if if Josh Love looks like he's clicking earlier, then it, you know, if Fresno State's playing from behind, who knows how that's going to turn out?
1: So yeah, it could be an interesting game. So let's let's change this from that passing. Was there? We look at Fresno. Oh, geez, their offense is just that doesn't inspire me at all. Is that is that the good explanation of their offense? Just meh?
0: <laughs> well, they, I mean, they've been more mistake prone than they were the last couple of years. Yeah, and and every like I sure. said and on past podcasts, like everybody keeps beating the drum that Jorge Reyna is not a is a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback, but he is. It's not good either. Frustrating <laughs> one. Yeah, I mean, and you know his interception rate at this point, yeah, he's it's about three percent, which is. I want to say it's like slightly below average but like when you compare that to what mcmarion did last year you know mcmarion had five interceptions and over 400 passes so reina's interception rate may seem fairly modest but it's almost three times as high Mm -hmm. or three times higher than mcmarion's was last year and that's just one of those things where especially like we just talked about with oblad he's had that same tendency in some of the more pressure-packed situations to really falter. You know, third down situations, you know, second half of the games especially. Like, you look at his splits between what he's done in the first half of games and in the second half of games, there's a dramatic difference between there. So, you know, if he can't turn that around against uh, what I would consider a a beatable San Jose State defense, like, obviously (laughs) – if, if he's throwing interceptions, this is another secondary that could definitely exploit that. This is still a team that definitely gets their hands on the ball. Um, you know, I could kind of see it going one way or the other you know, because we've seen that in the last few weeks where you know, he completed 80% of his passes against Utah State, for instance. Uh, and then against San Diego State, he only completed 54%. And then last week against Nevada, he was back up to 73%. So he's been very uneven. And it's just like, you know, from week to week, you don't really know which Reina is going to show up right away. Mm -hmm. But you've also kind of tended to see what raina shows up at crunch time. And that, I think, is, you know, when you have a
1: season's worth of evidence, it's really hard to suggest otherwise. Yeah, those late game ceiling interceptions aren't helpful. Um, I think where they could shine this game, Spartan rush defense isn't great. And Ronnie Rivers is a pretty good running back. doesn't he? I believe he still leads the conference in rushing touchdowns, if I'm correct, at 12, I want to say? Yes. And so right now Spartans are over five yards of carry in league play, 23 touchdowns, most of the conference. So I think while well, we mentioned Rayna, like, well, he's not bad, but he's not also, also inspiring. I think maybe the win with Rivers is they're going to take the victory in this one. They could re- rely on him to do more and move the ball because, like I Spartans – Maybe, really, they, maybe they can remember to give him more than one touchdown. Yeah, there's that, that too. Give time. him more than seven carries in the game. Like Give him 15 touches. like Or maybe close to 20 because he catches the ball too out of the backfield. I think that was his one touchdown last week. But he's a guy who's criminally underused in the whole conference. Like he, If you look at what, maybe one of the few guys who's like, hey, he needs to get the ball more, he's probably near the top of the list of not getting the ball enough because uh-huh. he's that good. We, like Remember going back to last year in the Vegas Bowl, Arizona State, he had over 200 yards. He was the reason they came from behind to get that victory versus Sun Devils, and then he's reduced to eight carries, seven carries, whatever. It Maybe it's like give him at least at least fifteen t- carries, right? That doesn't seem out of the ordinary, and that's what yeah, the they I need to do to win. Some,
0: somewhat related to that, I think the winner of this game is going to be the team that does better on third downs too, because neither San Jose State nor Fresno State have done particularly well when it comes to defending third downs. You, like you're talking about two of the bottom three teams in the conference in that regard. Spartans in particular giving up fifty percent of their third down conversions and enabling opponents to move the chains half the time. So if Fresno State can do better than it has been in those situations, you know on offense, like they're both kind of you know they're both basically middling. They're both converting about forty percent. But again, I think you I think you're absolutely right that Rivers is going to play a huge difference in that role. You know by just by not only setting them up. In makeable third yard or third down situations, but also in converting those situations. All right. So, what do we got for this one? All right. So, FEI likes Fresno. A uh, very narrow margin, though. It's two and a half, 2.5.
1: All right. Here's the interesting. I was looking at the power index from Team Rankings and Number Fire. Team Rankings likes Fresno by a point number fire has but it, the score is weird 33-32 and the number fire 26-21 to in favor oh. of Fresno I think I'm leaning San Jose State in this one the over under is what 62 65 in house so a decent amount of points I think I'll be like I think they'll score thir- I'm gonna go um, backtracking here a lot I'm gonna go 35-31 San Jose State
0: yeah I got the Spartans too
1: don't trust your I'm um, messy
0: <laughs> at this point what i mean what reason have they given me exactly, it exactly uh i'm gonna say san jose state 35 president state 28
1: almost copied my score there i see what you're doing <laughs> 35 28 san jose state which means it's a push oh no you said sorry you said 35 28 yeah oh seven sorry. point margin. oh sorry i oh, i got 35 whatever next game army at hawaii do we know why this game's later than normal is it just because it's on cbs sports network yeah, probably. So I have I wonder what... I mean, I mean,
0: the, the upside is, you know, BYU and San Diego State could be over quick.
1: Yeah, true. So I see two different kick times here. One says on ESPN, basically the 1159 Eastern kick, but the Mountain West Network or Mountain West website says it's half hour later.
0: Uh, well, let me pull up Hawaii's notes real quick because I'm seeing on College Press Box it's 11.50 Eastern, which would be nine, basically 9 o'clock Pacific.
1: Yeah, but I see here 7.30 Hawaii, which is 12.30 Eastern.
0: Yeah, on their game notes it says 7.30 Hawaii time, which would be 9.30 Pacific. I have no idea. Okay. Somebody's, somebody's typoing something. Um,
1: Regardless, though, this one's on CBS Sports Network. The three-hour win is pretty tight, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case for CBS Sports Network games, right? Uh, but, yeah, CBS Sports Network. So it's also the last late football game of the year, too. So enjoy it while you can, folks. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about the cold weather, Matt. Snow, wind, rain. And this will be a nice, warm, brisk 84 degrees. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Hawaii is a two-and-a-half point, two point favorite over Army. Army needs to win this and their game in two weeks to be eligible. Five and six need seven wins. They have won two in a row. But, Matt, those two wins, UMass and VMI. Ouch. So they've won conventionally, but they've also lost to San Jose State, Air Force, and that's the only Mountain West teams they played. And this is not – this. you called this way back in the preseason. Like, Army's not going to be very good. Their schedule's paper-soft. They might have a good record with a bad schedule, but guess what? They have a bad record with a bad schedule.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, you could say that they have had a little bit of bad luck because, we you know, we talk a lot about – wins and losses in close games and despite the fact that they are under 500 at the at the moment they haven't lost any game this year by more than nine points and a lot of those you know like the Michigan game was you know, three-point margin you know Georgia State was a seven-point margin even San Jose State in in Air Force were four and mm-hmm. excuse me uh, four and five points close respectively wins. yeah so it's not like they haven't been in those games. They just haven't been able to really seal the deal. And while obviously bouncing back big time against teams like UMass and VMI is at least a little bit of a positive sign. I just, I don't really know what you take away from that.
1: Just confidence. Maybe I guess also this game will have the most contrasting styles ever. Basically run and shoot versus the triple option.
0: By the way, did you note that uh, the U.S. Navy named a destroyer after Jeff Munkin?
1: Do you know that wasn't true? Really? That was a prank. I almost fell for it earlier today. So I looked – I saw it on College Football Talk. I saved him. like, oh, that could be a fun talk for a radio show. We do like a segment where it's like it's kind of quick news to end the show. I go back, page can't be found. I do some research. Somebody did it and made a prank, a fake press release that got submitted – and then they also freaked out because you hear about the, uh, was it Naval Secretary who stepped down mm-hmm. over the uh, Navy SEAL thing? Keeping yeah. it Whatever. So they had to fix that and replace it. And so I was like, he's freaking out that wouldn't work. But that was the case. But then if I read a story, I think it was at NavyTimes.com, same guy published a book on Amazon. I, I believe he's an, he's an Army guy, right? I think so, yeah. I think that's what it is. But he had a book published. People bought the book, legit title, in the book, blank pages at the bottom where the page numbers are every page beat navy beat navy beat navy. every single page so apparently this guy does this all the time because it's leading up to beat army beat navy week and so it was a it, it sounded so legit in real like you could see that possibly being the case but unfortunately you got bamboozled Matt
0: I mean I mean if if somebody if they can name a boat Bodie McBoatface <laughs> They absolutely should name a destroyer or a fighter jet after a head coach.
1: That should be an opposing team coach too if you lose. That exactly. Was, that was the alleged bet, which sounds like a legit bet that would be a f- in good fun.
0: That, w- that would be amazing. And they should implement that immediately. Anyway. Um, Back to the game. For some, for some For some reason, Army doesn't have their depth chart listed, so I'm trying to look at what they have done in the last few weeks uh they run the ball matt
1: that, that's what they do they run the ball
0: <laughs> that's true but i mean i know that they had some some quarterback shuffling you know, especially in the air force game because kelvin hopkins got hurt in that mm-hmm. game did he not but so. i know that there was a lot of there was a lot of hype around the backup jabari laws uh i'm just trying to figure out who the starting quarterback. well hopkins is leads he's played assuming nine hopkins. games
1: he's played nine games leads the team in rushing 618 yards Seven TDs and looking at like kind of when he, he, he played. He had a big game last
0: week against VMI, so it looks like he's probably the starter. Yeah,
1: he's yeah he's yeah. Hit he a couple games Air Force UMass. He barely played, but yeah he's um yeah he's that's the that's guy. When you have two hundred eight yards on the ground, you're probably the starter. I mean,
0: it could also be a timeshare though, because you know Laws saw a lot of time against mm-hmm. UMass and VMI as well. Blowouts. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, have you seen these stat lines?
1: <laughs> I saw the one. What's the other one?
0: So uh, against UMass, Laws had eight carries okay. for 140 yards. Pretty good. 17.5 and a half yards per carry. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, against VMI, he was only nine for 97. Oh, dang, Only like that. With, with a pithy 10.8 yards per yeah. carry. He's, he's, he's slipping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, no, I think, but I think that, you know, if you know, we saw Hawaii last week win with defense. But obviously, you know, we know what Army's gonna come out to do. They're they're gonna come out and run the football. And they have been susceptible to that at times in the past. Like on the season, they're still giving up over five and a half yards per carry, which is dead last in the conference. So you know, you can be encouraged by last week's game, you know, their performance and really shutting down a limited Aztecs running game, but you can still have reservations because you know, the best defense for, for army in this case, I think is being able to keep this run and shoot offense on the sidelines.
1: Oh, it definitely is. I can see this game being like the San Jose state game where everybody just scores, but fewer possessions. Yeah, I, I think so. And when we look at it, Hawaii is a two and a half point favorite. looking at the advance. Also one thing we should note: we'll see who, what quarterback plays for Hawaii. Cause I don't know. It is listed as an or on the uh, depth. For, obviously the role of it wouldn't have any, any other way. Also real quick, See all the rumors about UNLV Wadi Rolovich to be their head coach. There's no, you way. know,
0: I think I may have mentioned that at least on Twitter. Um, going back to podcast and played nobody for a moment, like they have their ongoing series of quote unquote silly season podcasts, mm-hmm. which is all about head coaching searches and stuff like that. And I think it was in the very first one they talked about Nick Rolovich.
1: to, to as, UNLV. As,
0: well, not to UNLV in particular, oh, but okay. just as as someone who would be a very attractive option for teams that chose to fire their head coach if i remember correctly and don't quote me on this you'd have to go back and listen to the podcast i think that they had mentioned it first and foremost with colorado state
1: why would he move within the conference though why not i mean but like is csu really a better job than hawaii yes it is you think so yes okay why is that
0: hawaii is a hard place to win consistently
1: it is i know
0: it's a hard place to recruit to and, and same as UNLV, Colorado State is a program that has put a lot of resources
1: they have, into, more getting than in door,
0: into getting into the doorstep of something big. So, okay. you know, go, obviously go back and listen to that podcast, but, you know, these kinds of rumors, like it surprised me when I heard at first, but the more I thought about it, the more it actually makes sense. You know, when you can win in a place like Hawaii, a hard place to win consistently. It makes you an attractive coach to a lot of different teams.
1: It does. I just think with the guys coming back, not to like next year yet, but McDonald, Cordero, Cordero, like they have guys coming back to run his offense he wants. Mm. So he may wonder if you may want to see that out or at least see. Because also, do you really want a guy who's 8-5, and five, maybe 8-6, and six, who don't win your bowl game? Like would – let's just say, for example, the Rams fire Bobo. Would you want a coach who's 8-6 and six or 8-5? and Did P- teams hire
0: higher- worst coaches all the time just look at maryland
1: i again yes Mike oxley in maryland uh i just it just seems uh i get it you know, the resource thing is a big deal i just don't think this would be the year he would do it
0: i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he stayed but i don't think i would be surprised at this point if somebody made him an offer that was too attractive to pass up
1: i would say this if he goes anywhere this year it's not within the conference all right for this year i'll, I'll be safe and say that so looking at the pick center and number rank number fire team rankings, it, it's kind of opposite here. Team rankings has Hawaii by three. Number fire has Army by six.
0: Well, FEI sees a pretty close game here too. It does favor Hawaii, but by just four. All
1: right, my pick. Like I said, I think they'll be a very efficient. Thirty-five twenty-eight Hawaii, though. They'll be yeah, the- give me give me the Warriors in this one. You think so too?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say.
1: 31 to 21. 31 to 21. Hawaii 31 to 20. That means they cover, Matt. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So that wraps up our, oh, man, the regular season's over after this, Matt. It's sad. Oh, man, week 14. We got to double bye week to extend the season a to touch. Um, Really quick, have any thoughts on the playoff ranking super quick as we're here in 80 minutes?
0: I mean, I think if you're a Boise State fan, you kind of have to root for Navy at this point, don't you?
1: oh we think maybe that's interesting too. yeah maybe oh
0: okay because they are the only team in the conversation that still isn't in the top 25 unless you're one sort of follower <laughs> so beating houston is probably not going to move the needle no it's really hard to say whether or not a close win by either memphis or cincinnati this weekend knocks the other out of the top
1: 25 i don't think it will
0: but I think you want to you want Navy in the championship game, which means that you want to root for Cincinnati this weekend.
1: That's if that's your path, yes.
0: Yeah, and then you want Navy to beat Cincinnati in the title game because I don't think between Houston, Cincinnati, and Army that they're going to have enough juice to pass Boise State in the standings.
1: Yeah, we're talking about Jimmy and Raj. I think I don't think, but let me ask you this because I asked this controversial question: If Navy wins the American and let's say they get ranked, like say they do the final ones after champion. Well, they would, I don't know. They remember last time they're going to postpone rankings. Yeah. Would they postpone if say Navy's probably not going to be ranked next week either. I don't think. Right. Even they beat no. Houston. So if they're not ranked. Would they just, um, no, they'll make, sorry. They'll make the rankings next week, leading the championship week. They won't be ranked. Let's say Boise's 19. They move up one spot, just attrition or basically they move ahead of the loser of Cincinnati Memphis. That's easy. One spot. Yeah. Would they hold, say they go next week and Navy wins, Boise wins, would they hold the rankings like they do? They were going to when Keenan Reynolds was there a couple years ago? Yeah, I think so. You think they'd hold the, but do you think Navy could jump six or seven spots beating, say, a 16th ranked Memphis over Boise State? 100% no. So why hold the rankings? Why wait? <laughs> That's a good question.
0: I think, they would, I think they would do it anyway for the sake of drama.
1: Okay, I, I hear you. That would be big drama for not just them but a lot of people.
0: It's basically Memphis' spot to lose at this point.
1: Yeah. I which
0: was, basically means you're rooting for anybody but Memphis now.
1: I think it, I think all he really wants is a two-loss champion. Yeah. And the best way is Cincy to win. You're right.
0: Yeah, I mean, the most likely scenario is basically Memphis and Cincinnati split the last yeah. two games one way or the other.
1: I think if they split, Boise gets in. Yeah. So, all right, that's a quick version, which we could have done in 10 seconds. But me and Raj spent about 35 minutes if you missed that winner you see two in and you miss with what. like, what's that? We, we've got to give the people what they want though. We do. We exactly We go through all the scenarios. Raji even goes to talk app state a minute, Louisiana for a hot second. Um, all right, we'll see how it goes, but that's it for today. We'll be back next uh, Sunday to recap the week 14. We'll, this week really doesn't matter because we know Boise, Hawaii, but we'll, maybe we'll talk some coaches stuff. We'll get some other things. Maybe we'll have uh, some tidbit news to go through. Maybe we'll go through our coaching stuff, possibly, But we'll have some fun stuff here in the website. Check it out, MWWire.com. All sorts of stuff going on. Basketball, football, championship week, everything. And iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeart. Insert podcast platform here. Find us there, Malice Wire. And we'll see you next time, folks.